Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and as always, we have a great guest, a really intriguing guest. I have one of my podcaster friends, you know, I always love having fellow podcasters on the show uh, because they know what it's all about. They know how to give and take in these interviews and probably take my stupid jokes on top of it. Uh, Who I have with me today is Lauren Samples, who is the co-host of Paradise After Dark podcast, a great podcast that I actually recently covered. Uh, Some of you know I also uh, do some work for Podcast Magazine. I write for the true crime section, and I covered Paradise After Dark, and Lauren and Ken are awesome. They do an awesome show. Uh, They're going to be featured in Podcast Magazine in the October 2022 issue. So if you are are not a subscriber of Podcast Magazine, you need to get that for nothing else than to see this great article on Paradise After Dark. If you're listening to this episode in 2025, then you need to go back and order one of those back copies because it's a great article and a great podcast. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hello. That was quite the uh, introduction there. Yeah, I've done this, you know, a few times. And <laughs> <laughs> all BS aside, you know, frankly, if you weren't uh, a good podcast uh, and I didn't have so much fun with you, didn't have so much great things to offer, you wouldn't be on here. You wouldn't get this great intro. Well, I feel so honored. I'm blushing. I'm blushing right now. All right. Well, that's we we like making our guests blush for the right reasons. Sometimes we make people blush for the wrong reasons, and those usually get edited out. But, (laughs) but before we even dig into the podcast. You know, obviously, we're Public Safety Talk Radio, and you were a police officer in the Navy, if I remember it correctly, uh, with the intention to eventually uh, be in the FBI. Tell us a little bit more about that. We've never had a, uh, a cop from the Navy before on this show. Okay, well, ever since I was young, I've always so like been five, ten years ago. there we go again for the right reason (laughs) so i've always been interested in true crime i read mine hunter by the famed john douglas when i was Mm -hmm. like 14 or 15 years old i remember falling asleep to forensic files when i was like 12 um my main goal as i got older was to join the fbi and become a behavioral profiler I wanted to understand like how the minds of the murderers and the serial killers worked. And I knew that I had a much better chance of being accepted into the FBI if I had a military background and being a police officer in the Navy was the closest job that I could find to reach Mm -hmm. my ultimate goal. So I joined the Navy and I became a master at arms which is pretty much the exact same thing as a regular police officer in the civilian world. Mm -hmm. We got all the same training. We went to the police academy. And I actually joined in 2002 
not long after the attack on the USS Cole in Yemen. Mm -hmm. And that's when the Navy really started ramping up their harbor patrol, which AKA boat cops. Mm -hmm. And I sort of fell into that job. And I did that for most of the four years I was in. I was a boat troll cop. Boat troll. <laughs> boat patrol. Troll. <laughs> okay, boat patrol. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna dig into the troll part. I'm like, wow, I never heard that before. <laughs> but boat patrol. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I did um when I was in the Navy. And I I spent a lot of time. I spent my last two years over in the Middle East, uh, which was interesting. It's sometimes a little scary, sometimes fun. It was just different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So how, you know, just given my ignorance, because I've never been in the military, how how does being in law enforcement in the Navy different or compared to what the Coast Guard does? Because I know, you know, they're doing a lot of law enforcement, you know, especially on our oceans and so forth. Where, where does it differ? Uh, well, the Navy's a lot more badass than the Coast Guard, <laughs> but besides that... Um, you know, I, I love you military that. folks. You know, I, I, I had somebody... <laughs> I had somebody, you know, from the Air Force that gave, you know, some crap to the Army. I had somebody on the Army that gave crap to the Navy. You know, so you know, I and I've got, I've got, you know, my in-laws that you know, some are in the Army, some are in the Navy, and you know, it's like you guys just give each other crap all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. One of our best friends was a Marine, and mm-hmm. any chance I get, I try to serve him crayons for dinner. Um. <laughs> He doesn't eat them, but <laughs> I don't know if you got that one. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was, I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners, most of which are a lot sharper than I am, but that one just went. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there will get it. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure they might even it, for for my listeners out there. For those that do get that joke, you know, send send me a, a message somehow and explain it to me. Uh, but okay, so so you are more badass than the Coast Guard. You know, that might be the title of of this particular podcast. <laughs> that would, that'd be great. A better question may be, you know, how much water is there in the Middle East if you're a cop for the Navy? <laughs> well. Believe it or not, there's quite a bit. I I was stationed on an island, uh, Bahrain. Okay, it's yeah. It's this little island off the coast of Saudi Arabia. And I used to call it the Navy gas station because it was a naval support activity. And mm. ships would come in and get fuel and supplies, and uh, then they would leave. And my job was basically to guard those ships and escort them in and out. We mm-hmm. would escort them probably about 10 miles out. And um, just make sure that something like the USS Cole never happened again. Yeah. Yeah. And I and all kidding aside, um, I sincerely appreciate your service. Uh, Try to say that to everybody 
it served in the military, served in law enforcement, served in uh, firefighting or any first responder type of role for that matter. Um, let's segue to the podcast. You obviously, as you mentioned in the interview I did for Podcast Magazine, your original intention was to join the FBI, but sometimes life happens. It takes you you know, on another path, which is perfectly fine. Um, so the FBI's loss is is the podcasting world's gain because you created Paradise After Dark. So let's segue to that. How did Paradise After Dark get started? Well, so my husband, Ken, who's also my co-host, and I were... Who has a great name, by the way. You know, any, <laughs> anybody named Ken has to be cool, but go ahead. <laughs> we were both fans of true crime podcasts and we listened to them and you know it occurred to me one day I was like well we could probably do this because we're both interested I know you you know his father was a canine cop and um so like we both sort of have some background and we both had an interest in it and I but he he was not down for it he's like no way no way that that that's just crazy talk and eventually it took like a year but I convinced him to do it just as like a hobby just as Mm. something to do together and it just sort of grew I remember the first week looking at we had 80 downloads and we were like oh my god 80 people (laughs) have listened to it and now it's like (laughs) we get 80 people like in an hour I guess maybe I don't know (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it just sort of grew from there. And then we started out with like these crappy little gaming headphones and that had, you know, the headphones that had the little mic Mm -hmm. and um, our sound was awful, but we just grew and we became, I think the turning point, I guess we, we went to our first crime con in New Orleans in 2019 and we met some of the bigger bigger Mm. podcasters and um because we're so cool and charming they like (laughs) us and um they have really actually helped us and given us pointers and tips and advice over the years and um i owe them a lot too for helping us get to where we are yeah yeah well you both you and ken are very cool uh i had the chance to to see you at the last crime con which was in vegas which also made it in the article which i found you know, con- immensely funny was ken talking about how he didn't originally want to do the podcast and that you kind of forced him into it and you said right there then and there it's like oh i'm sorry here we are at crime con getting interviewed by podcast magazine <laughs> you know some <laughs> some couples you know when they want to do things together they decide to do crafts or join a wine club or you know walk along the beach or something like that they usually don't say hey let's do something together let's do a podcast let's do a crime podcast <laughs> podcast yeah true crime podcast let's not even talk about relationships let's talk about people that are dying and getting killed (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah it is a little weird isn't it i guess when you think about it that way but i've always i I don't know both of us have always kind of like walked to the beat of our own drum and then we ran into each other and here we are now a word from one of the pocua's proud business partners 
OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from OfficerPrivacy.com. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com slash POCUA, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com slash POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy. Organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. One of the things that is kind of a bridge between what I do for Podcast Magazine and covering true crime and my love and passion for first responders, especially police and the POCUA, is that I truly believe, and your podcast certainly falls into this category, that the true crime genre, whether it be podcasts, TV, film, what have you, serve a distinct and critical purpose in society. And one of those is you know, keeping many of these cases alive, whether it's uh, missing persons cases or even cases that um, need to come to fruition, you know, whether it's the case itself or to teach us something uh, about society. It, it, tell us a little bit more about how your true crime podcast is serving the public. Well, I think what sets us apart a little bit is that we actually try to cover the smaller cases, the ones mm -hmm. that don't make national news. And because of that, we a lot of times work very closely with the families mm -hmm. and we are basically trying to keep the word out about if it's a missing person or if it's an unsolved murder we're just trying to make sure that these that these cases stay in the public eye or ear, if you mm -hmm. will, and um, they don't die out and become forgotten. I mean, like on the anniversary of a case or on the victim's birthday, I like to post on social media, you know, just a little something um, because everyone matters. Yeah. Every case matters. Every murder matters. Every missing person matters. And in a perfect world, missing people would be found and murderers would be solved, but um, that's not the case. So I feel like we just do our little part as best we can to just keep the word out. Yeah, yeah, you do and many others do as well. And I, I appreciate that that 
part of the true crime podcasting world is nine out of 10 folks that I come in contact with in that particular arena uh, believe that as, as you and I do. So I, I appreciate that. And mm-hmm. I want to cut, if Please. you will, let me, mm-hmm. people from the outside, they think of the true crime genre, the true crime community and, and events like crime con they assume that it's just everybody, you know, talking about their favorite serial killers and this and that. And well, you know, you've been to CrimeCon. That's that's not what we're about. It's I and and I don't I don't personally feel any competition with any other true crime podcast mm-hmm. because I feel like we're all on the same side. We're all working towards the same goal, which is to get justice for families and to get closure for families and to get cases solved and and that's really what it's about and in that there's groups there's events there's conventions and don't think that it's just some bunch of weirdos who like to talk about murder and serial killers it's it's a bunch of people who it's it's a really wonderful community to be a part of actually yeah, I I agree. You know, for for those folks that that may think that uh, you know the true crime fan is you know some sick individual that just wants to cheer for an old serial killer, uh, maybe there are a few out there. But I will I will honestly tell you that that's a very very low percentage uh, if it is, and I can come in contact with very very few. Uh, of those folks, even even those folks that do a true crime show that is more of a comedic nature. Um, I've talked to them, several of them, and they are very, very cognizant. And while they, they like to have fun and may make fun of the criminal, uh, are very, very respectful of the victim and the victim's family, even in that comedic standpoint. And I will say to your point, which I think is important and a, and a very nice lead into to my next question is I go out of my way to not call people that listen and watch a lot of true crime and go to events like CrimeCon. Uh, I do not label them as true crime fans. I deliberately label them as true crime enthusiasts, um, which is may sound like a synonym, but it's very different. In that, yeah, you know, these folks would be more than happy if there there was so little crime that there'd be no need for these podcasts and, and conventions. Um, but they're very big on being of help and being supportive. And and the fact is, is some of these podcasts that are out there have solved cases. You know, yeah. have have found uh, folks. Uh, you know, ha- have have given folks some closure in 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 being able to to find killers and find missing persons, although they may not be with us most of the time, if not all the time, when they are found. Um, there is some closure in that, so there is a service to society. And to that point, and I'll stop my ramble. Is while at CrimeCon 2022 in Las Vegas. I forget which uh, session it was, but in sitting in there before the session, somebody was passing out these little cards on every single seat, and it was a picture of a missing person. And it was it wasn't some advertisement. It wasn't somebody selling some crap. It was family members that wanted to find their loved one. And I thought to myself, 
how smart is that? You know, you've got all these folks here and, you know, some of them call them, you know, a, you know, is somewhat tongue in cheek, you know, citizen detectives, but you know, who better to legitimately look at this and say, all right, I'm going to look out for this guy. I'm going to look, you know, if I hear or see anything, you know, I'll act on it uh, because these aren't just fans. These are truly enthusiasts that want families to have closure and want families to have the help that they can get. Yes. And fortunately, CrimeCon next year is going to be in Orlando and us being a Florida based podcast. I have, I'm already planning on printing flyers of, I don't know, as many cases as I can that we have covered in Florida, particularly in the Orlando area. And I've actually been in talks with some of the families of some of the victims that we've covered. And I'm really encouraging them to go to CrimeCon and talk to people themselves, talk to, talk to other podcasters, say, Hey, my son was murdered. Would you cover my case? And yeah. I've never turned anyone down. If they come to me, either, whether it email or social media or face-to-face and said, will you cover my loved one's case? I have never said no. So, mm-hmm. you know, family members or loved ones can definitely go to these events like CrimeCon and talk to people and learn quite a bit you know, and then they can also maybe get some more exposure. Yeah. Yep, exactly. But you're you're telling me that there's crime in Orlando right by Walt Disney World. There's actually crime. There's not supposed to be crime there. WTF, Lauren. We did an entire episode called The Dark Side of Disney. And if you knew the dark, I want you to go back and listen to that episode. If you don't listen to anything else we've put out, uh, Ken did all the research on that. And I was almost blown away. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. So Disney's not, what do they call it? The happiest place on earth. (laughs) There's actually like a prison underneath it or Mm -hmm. something like that. Well, you know what? I mean, you know, I'm I'm neither a huge fan nor a uh, a hater of Disney. It's just I'm kind of apathetic to it. Maybe it's because I don't have kids. Who knows? But I do know that Walt Disney World is like a city in and of itself. And anytime, anytime you have a city, even with the you know the best of of politicians, management, and so forth. Anytime you're getting thousands upon thousands and millions, even uh, on top of each other, you're going to have crime. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's going yeah. to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. So you know, and you know, to to the point that you you made earlier, you know about you know, these events. I I think that that's spot on in you know getting this exposure. And it's not just simply, you know, people that are fanatics uh, about this stuff, you know, to, to that point, and I'll get to, to this question. Um, I'll be covering the Pacific Northwest True Crime Festival for Podcast Magazine next month. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. And one of the th- friends going to that. There you go. Why aren't you going? Because I literally just went to the True Crime Podcast Festival in Dallas three weeks ago. And then last weekend I was in Kansas city at the generation Y 10 year anniversary show. So I, 
But you need you to can, be home for a little while. You can't you can't go all the way from Florida to Washington and go <laughs> completely across the continent. Not this year. <laughs> Not this year. <laughs> but you know what I one of the things, one of the many things that I really liked about that before I even dug into it is they're having a session uh, in that program run run by somebody from the Seattle Police Department. Um, and I thought that that was awesome in, in bringing those two things together, the law enforcement and the true crime. To that point, and to my question, is I found in working with police officers for almost 20 years and working in podcasting for about five or six now, that most, not all, but most law enforcement are supportive of this true crime podcast genre uh, because they do have limited resources. They they only have so much to work with. And maybe it's different in different states, uh, but some are, well, anything that's going to get more exposure to my case, uh, I'm all for but you do have the other extreme, um, which is, you know, I hate these people. <laughs> All they do is screw up my cases. They're asking for questions. You know, they're not law enforcement professionals. You know, I'm the law enforcement guy or gal. Let me do my job uh, and everywhere in between. You know, what do you see? Do you see it all across the board or is does the pendulum swing from one end to another uh, more so than another on Paradise After Dark? Well, <sighs> We've seen, we've seen it across the board, but I have to say that it sort of leans toward them not being super helpful. And mm -hmm. if it's an unsolved case, uh, they very rarely allow us to see any case files mm -hmm. or anything along those lines. And it's kind of frustrating, honestly. Um, I'm currently working on a case now from 1966 that's still unsolved and the sheriff's office, no matter what i say will not come up off those files <laughs> they will not let me see anything and it's driving me crazy um i don't know sometimes i get the feeling they don't take us seriously yeah um, until we have listeners contact us with information and then we turn around and call the detective with the info, mm -hmm. which has happened more than once. Uh, we have had listeners who are not comfortable going straight to law enforcement. Sure. And um, then they appreciate us when mm. we bring them information. But, um, you know, some, some of them are super helpful. Uh, we've developed a really great relationship with the Collier County Sheriff's Office, which is the county we actually live in. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll give us pretty much anything. But um, when we reach out to other counties that don't know us, that don't know who we are, what we're doing, they're, they seem a little hesitant, like, who are you? Um, and we actually have a media company in LLC. Mm -hmm. So we are, it is a media request, not just a regular citizen saying, Hey, can I see these files? Yeah. Uh, the media categorizations helps a little, but I don't know. It's, it's hit or miss really. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, you know, and, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, too, because, uh, media sometimes, you know, aren't as, 
how do I say this that it's politically correct? Let's just say they don't put police always in the best light that they should uh, in general. So maybe the whole fact that you're a media company doesn't help. <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I haven't even thought of that. Spokesperson for the sheriff's office told me to ask to put in a media request instead of like a citizen request. She told me I would get further. Maybe she was lying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever. I, you know what? I think I think for different departments and different jurisdictions, you know, it takes a different approach. Uh, you know, maybe you should play up the fact that, hey, I was a cop for the Navy and my husband <laughs> comes from a law enforcement family. So I don't want to hear any crap. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that'll work really well. <laughs> if only. <laughs> so, you know, what is, as we kind of wrap up here, um, what do you got coming up with Paradise After Dark? What can your fans or hopefully, you know, new fans that, you know, are watching or listening this to this show or all of the many that are going to read that article in Podcast Magazine, we hope, uh, what, what, what do your fans have to look forward to from Paradise After Dark? Uh, well, we've, we've recorded some pretty interesting cases that are going to be coming out. Um, I did an interview with a man, a forensic psychologist named Bill Kimberlin, who's been studying death row for the last 10 years. And, um, he wrote a, he wrote a book and I interviewed him and find out that he spent lots and lots of time with the likes of Scott Peterson mm. and BK. And that was a really great discussion about the inner workings of the mind of these kind of people, which was full circle back to where I wanted to be when I was a teenager. That's what I wanted to do. But again, life, but I have that, we have that coming out, that interview, which I think is really fascinating. We've got a interesting Halloween episode, which I am actually going to be traveling to the haunted place. Mm -hmm. And um, not, it's not far from me. It's a, it's a car ride, not a plane ride. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but we're going to be doing a haunted episode for Halloween. And um, I actually, believe it or not, I have my own personal project that I'm working on that will be debuting in October. And it's about, it's a serialized podcast about a murder from 1966. And nice. it's going to be about nine to 10 episodes long. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely look for that. Um, and maybe Podcast Magazine might even be interested in that. Who, who in the <laughs> heck knows? Um, but uh, yeah, exciting stuff. Um, you know, it's bluntly um love your podcast love what you're doing um obviously if, if people want to find you they could simply go to apple Podcasts, spotify all kinds of things how can they best find paradise after dark out there well we are on every single podcast platform uh apple iheart radio mm -hmm. spotify all of them uh, we also have our website, paradiseafterdark.com, where you can listen to episodes on the website. Um, and we're on social media uh, at paradiseafterdark.com. On Twitter, we are paradisedark239. 
and Instagram, Paradise After Dark Podcast. We actually just started a TikTok. Oh, nice. <laughs> Damn not, TikTok. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not very good with it, but I'm trying. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh the TikTok, you know, for generation Xers like myself is uh is a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of a challenge. But I'm hoping to tackle that sucker before the end of the year. But uh yeah. <laughs> if you if as you work on it, if you get any tips, tell me, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lauren, I really, really appreciate you taking some time today. Love what you're doing with uh, Paradise After Dark and, and keep up the great work. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. My and thank you so much for the amazing article <laughs> in Podcast Magazine. I love it. I really do. I love it. My pleasure. As a joke, before we press record, uh, if you had a crap podcast, not only would you not have gotten on Podcast Magazine, you wouldn't be on the show here, but you have an amazing podcast. Uh, it's something that is is truly great out there. Uh, and fans to, that are fans of podcasts should definitely check this one out, Paradise After Dark. Uh, but thank you again for taking some time today. And thank you to all of you who have either watched or listen to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio, and we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit needs or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today. Thank you.